This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Discovering that Clark Kent is Superman and determined to eliminate him once and for all, Sidney, the international spy who controls Henry Miller, the Nazi atom man, set a deadly trap for the Man of Steel. Informing Kent that he had discovered Superman's true identity, Sidney persuaded Kent to come to his house in the country, where Miller was hidden in a closet lined with lead. The one substance Superman's X-ray vision and kryptonite cannot penetrate. When Sidney opened the closet door, the emanations of the kryptonite in Miller's veins dazed and weakened Kent. Attempting to escape, he crashed through a window, but fell to his knees on the lawn outside. As we continue now in the darkness, the Atom Man stands over Kent, arms extended. Jagged green sparks like miniature lightning bolts leap from his metal-gloved fingers to strike his crumpling pole. Listen. Say your prayers, Kent. This is the end for you and Superman. Struggling vainly as the great strength ebbs from his battered body, hears another voice, his own, speaking to him. Stop struggling. Pretend to lose consciousness before it's too late. That way you can find out what they're up to. It's your only chance. Oh. He's unconscious. Turn that thing off. Now, why waste it? Miller, do as I say. All right. No. Now, Sidney, wait a minute. Now, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. Tito? Yes, Master? Take our friend, Mr. Kent, under the shoulders. You take his legs, Miller. Now, wait a minute. Do as I say, Miller. And hurry. 
You're crazy if you're going to keep him in the garage. Ted might have told someone he was coming here tonight. When they discover he's missing, the police will come here to look for him. They won't find him. Now carry him to the garage. Why won't they find him? Don't you think they'll search the garage? Of course they will. But I still say they won't find him. Now save your breath and I'll show you what I mean in a moment. Sometimes I can't figure you out. <laughs> Many wiser men than you have said the same thing. <laughs> that why, Tito? That is correct, Master. All right. Here we are. Now inside with him. Set him down. Now close the door, Tito. And turn on the light. Yes, Master. I still don't see what you're up to. Patience, Miller. Remember, I advised you to cultivate more patience. It's a wonderful trait. I can do without the lectures. Master, shall I open it now? If you please, you don't. Open what? You'll see. What's that? The floor is open. One of the concrete sections is set in a steel frame, which is on rollers. Well, what's down there? <laughs> a comfortably furnished air-conditioned room. Look down and you'll see it. Hey, that's not a bad hideaway. <laughs> that's a slight understatement. It's an excellent hideaway and a perfect place for our purpose. Now, if you and Gito will carry him down the steps. Okay. Come on, Gito. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll put the light on down here. <laughs> Careful on those steps, Miller. They're rather steep. Yeah, this is heavy. <laughs> He'll be a lot lighter in a month. Now, drop him on the floor near the bunker. All right. Let him go, Gito. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day when the great Superman was dragged about like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Look at him. Go on back to the house, Gito, and remove all, all traces of our visit. Just in case some of his newspaper friends or the police drop around. Straighten the study, rub all the furniture to remove his fingerprints, and the front doorknob, too. Yes, master. And put a new pane of glass in the window. Yes, master. If a car comes into the driveway, let me know at once. Yes, Master. You think of everything, don't you, Sidney? Attention to details, no matter how trivial they seem, is the secret of my success. Now, now I'll close the panel above us and we'll be warm and comfortable. Uh, there we are. You won't mind if I turn the radio on, will you? Do as you please. Oh, I hate Dance orchestras. Ah, does my heart good to see Superman lying there, helpless. <laughs> You'll find magazines and books on a shelf, Miller. Or if you prefer to go to bed, it's your bunk next to our friend. You mean I'm going to sleep down here? <laughs> of course you are. And eat and drink, too. Keto will bring us our meal. You'll find him an excellent cook. What's the idea? Well, you ought to be able to figure that out for yourself. Clark Kent or Superman is unconscious, but he isn't dead. Yet. Would be just too bad if he regained consciousness when you weren't here. Yeah, but I don't want to be cooped up in this underground room. Gito can watch him, or you. And if he starts to recover, call me and I'll knock him out again. Uh, we can't take chances like that. Oh, that's lovely music. Besides, I don't want you using up your atomic power knocking him out. The way I look at it, you're close to him at all times. The kryptonite in your veins may be enough to... Keep him unconscious. Shouldn't take any more than a month or two to finish him. A month or two? That's all. A strong man can live a month or more without food, but <laughs> few of them can live that long without water. Of course, Superman's no ordinary man. It may take two months to starve him to death. But, Sidney, Oh, I'm... stop fretting, Miller. 
What's a month or two of mild discomfort when we are playing for such high stakes? Once Superman is out of the way, nothing could stop us. We uh, we only have to threaten to destroy a large city or, or any part of it, and they'll pay us anything we ask. Anything. <laughs> the world is ours, Miller. Now that we've found a way to finish Superman. Prone on the floor, conscious but unable to move, Clark Kent, who is Superman, feels his blood run cold as he realizes at last the fate in store for him. Desperately, a voice, his own, speaks to him. They've thought of the one way, the only way you can be destroyed. What will you do? What can you do? Desperately, Kent minds races, trying to figure some way out of his seemingly hopeless position. We'll return in a moment for the climax of today's episode. But first, your announcer. You know, gang, if Superman or Orphan Annie or Skeezix could walk right out of the funny papers and into your living room, they couldn't seem any more real than they do on those swell new comic buttons you're all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pep. Why, Superman is so doggone lifelike with his bright blue jersey and flying red cape. Seems as if any minute he's going to say, up, up, and away. Why, it's no end of fun to trade duplicates with your pals and, and try to be the first in your gang to collect all 18 different buttons. And the best part is, you don't have to send in a single penny for these slick-looking buttons. Not even a box stop. You can't even buy them anywhere. They come only in packages of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. So how's about asking Mom to get you some Pep tomorrow? Then see which prize you find inside. One of these exciting new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. Three hours have passed since Clark Kent was trapped by Sidney and the Atom Man, Henry Miller, and brought to the hideout under Sidney's garage. He lies helpless, his eyes closed, feigning unconsciousness at the foot of Henry Miller's bunk. Sidney seems content with his inactivity. He reads the newspapers, listens to the radio, eats almost constantly. But Miller, the Atom Man, becomes more and more restless and paces the floor nervously. Heaven's sake, must you have that confounded radio on all that time, Sidney? Mm, I like music. It's very, very soothing. It doesn't soothe me. It's driving me crazy. No. This is driving me crazy, cooped up here hour after hour. I can't stand it. Control yourself, Miller. If you tell me that once more, Sidney, I... will do nothing. Now sit down. I'm sick of reading. Anyhow, I don't like to read. I'm a man of action. Now look, Kent hasn't stirred a finger for three hours since we brought him down here. Why can't I take a walk around the ground? You know why. I believe the kryptonite in your veins keeps him unconscious. He, he might come to if you leave. All you have to do is to call out. I'll be nearby. I told you we can't take that chance. He might, might get away in a couple of minutes that he took you to return. That's ridiculous. You can see for yourself he's in a coma. And that's the way we're going to keep him until he dies of starvation. <laughs> now behave yourself. Learn discipline. Look at me. I'm not fretting. You, you're so lazy you don't want to move. But I've got to keep going. I've got to do things I always did. And now since the kryptonite was injected into me, it's worse. Yeah. Maybe that's what makes me so nervous. Nonsense. Control yourself. There you go again. I can't stand it, I tell you. You will stand it and like No, Sidney. I said you will. You're playing for the future of Germany. I, for the only thing I love in the world, money. You're not going to spoil it for either of us. Now sit down. Sit down, I said. 
sullenly, the atom man bows to the stronger will of the sinister Sydney. Snatches a newspaper and sits down. And Clark Kent's last hope that the atom man will leave the underground hideout flickers and dies. Now what will happen? Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, when something unexpected takes place. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Behold, my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Suspecting the truth that Clark Kent is Superman, a cunning international spy known only as Sidney arranged for Kent to come to his country house. In a closet lined with lead, the one substance Superman's X-ray vision cannot penetrate, Henry Miller, the deadly atom man, waited. When Sidney, conversing with Kent, opened the closet door, the effect of the kryptonite solution in Miller's veins overpowered Kent. Convinced that the Daily Planet reporter and Superman were one and the same person, Sidney and Miller removed him to a secret hideout under the garage, where they planned to keep him in a coma until he either starved to death or died of thirst. As we continue now, three days have gone by, during which time, of course, Kent has been missing from the offices of the Daily Planet. Worried, Jimmy Olsen and Candy Myers, a private detective, are searching his metropolis apartment. Listen. We've already gone through Mr. Kent's apartment, Candy, and solved the police, which is wasting time. You got any better ideas, Jim? Well... Oh, no. Okay. Now, let's go back to the beginning. You saw him last. I've already told you about that. Now, tell me again. And don't leave anything out. Not anything. Oh, it was three days ago. Or nights, rather. Mr. Kent got back to the office about 7.30. Did he say where he'd been? No, he just asked me what Inspector Henderson and you had found out about that Mr. Sidney. Yeah. I told him, and he seemed kind of relieved. 
Then he said he had an appointment, so he couldn't have dinner with me. I went out and... Well, that's the last time I ever saw him. You're sure he didn't say where his appointment was? Well, I'm positive. Hmm. And he wasn't working on any special story? No, he'd been sick. He just got back from Florida that very day. Yeah, I know. Had anyone been looking for him while he was gone? Just Dr. Millison, the scientist. But I told you and Inspector Henderson about that. Yeah, Millison said he hadn't seen Kent. Let's see now. After he got back from Florida, as far as you know, the only person he saw was Sidney. Uh-huh. And when Sidney left, Mr. Kent got all excited. He told me to have Inspector Henderson shoot a fingerprint man right over and for me to call you. Then he rushed out and he didn't get back until half past seven. I wonder why he was so interested in Sidney. I don't know, but... Considering how relieved he was when I told him what you'd found out, that Sidney was just a respectable retired businessman, I figure he must have mistaken Sidney for somebody else. Could be. I'll check. Maybe they got some more dope. Oh, who? Dope about what? My office. On Sidney. I told him to keep digging. Oh, what for? Even the FBI gave him a clean bill of health. So what? You can't lose anything by trying... Oh. Hello, Mary? I'll put Eddie on. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Did he come up with anything on that Sydney character? Yeah, yeah. I'll hold on. Anything doing, Candy? Yeah, she's checking. The guy I put on the case is out. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Mary. What's that? Give me that again. Wow. That sounds good. Tell him to stay on it. I'll check with you later. Okay. So long. What'd they find out? The Justice Department just slapped one of those show cause where you shouldn't be closed up papers on the Metropolis Import Glass Company. That's the outfit our friend Sydney was tied up with. The Justice Department found out they were hooked up with a big German outfit. Oh, gee whiz. Come on, Jim. Where? I want to have a talk with Sidney. Maybe he's not the nice, respectable party he makes himself out to be. Maybe he's a big shot Nazi, huh? And Mr. Kent found it out? It could be. What is that automatic elevator? I never can tell the door from the apartment. Oh, it's right over here. Yeah, and the elevator's waiting for us. Good. Come on. Push the lobby button. Okay. Keep your fingers crossed, Jim. I got a hunch we're on the right track. Closer to the truth than they realize, Jimmy and Candy Myers leave the apartment building and step into the private detective's car. A short time later, in the secret cellar under his garage, Sidney kneels on the floor next to the motionless figure of Superman, who, in Clark Kent's clothing, his eyes closed, still retains consciousness, but is unable to move a muscle under the weakening spell of the kryptonite in the atom man's blood. Across the small room, a radio plays symphonic music. Miller, the atom man, nervous and jumpy, paces the floor. Suddenly he stops, and his thin lips curl in an ugly snarl. Isn't he dead yet, Sidney? No, no, his pulse is weaker, and he's lost weight as you can see, but it takes longer than three days to starve a man to death, and this is no ordinary man. Has it only been three days? It seems like three years cooped up in this rat hole. How long is it going to take? I told you, a month, perhaps two. I can't stand it that long. I'll go crazy. I'm a man of action. I've got to be doing things. I was always like that, and now it's worse. The kryptonite of my blood makes me nervous. Uh, soon you will be doing things, big things. Sure, but when? As soon as our friend here breathes his last. I'll make him breathe his last. I'll turn on my atomic power. Oh, no, you fool. How many times must I tell you there's no more kryptonite? How do you expect to accomplish your ambitious desire if you exhaust all your atomic power on Superman? Uh, I, I guess you're right. Of course I am. <laughs> Sit down now and control yourself. I could just take a walk around the ground. No, you got to be here every second to make sure Ken doesn't regain consciousness. Now sit down. Son. Relax. It's only Shito telephoning from the house. For heaven's sake, compose yourself. Yes, Shito, yes. Two gentlemen here wish to see you, Master. Who are they? One young newspaper reporter named Olsen. 
when they ignored me, I resigned. And as for Mr. Kent, I haven't seen him since that day in his office. Now, does that answer all your questions? Yes, I, I guess it does. Come on, Jim. Sorry to have troubled you, Mr. Sidney. Yeah, so long. Goodbye, gentlemen. And believe me, believe me, I'm terribly sorry I can't help you. I'll show you to the door if you'll just come this way. Discouraged and heavy-hearted, Candy Myers and Jimmy Olsen leave the suave Sidney's house, unaware that Clark Kent lies helpless almost beneath their very feet. And in the secret cellar, aware that his friends are leaving, Kent strains to give some sign to them, to call out to them, but the frantic words never reach his lips, crying out only in his mind. Jim! Candy! Don't go! I'm here! In a secret room under the garage! Don't go! It's not just my life that's at stake, it's all the civilized world! Don't go! You're my last hope! Candy! Jim! Help me! Candy! Desperately, the man of steel strains to make himself heard, to move, but he cannot. And a moment later, he dimly hears a car drive off, and he knows he has been left to his doom. Is Superman doomed? Is his last hope of life gone? Tomorrow, something startling occurs, fellows and girls. Something you won't want to miss. So tune in then, same time, same station, for another thrilling episode in The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Trapped by the Atom Man and his sinister ally, the fat man known only as Sidney both of whom are aware he is Superman and plan to starve him to death. Clark Kent lies in a secret cellar under the garage of Sidney's secluded country house. For three days and nights, unable to move because of the presence of Henry Miller, the Atom Man, in whose veins runs the deadly kryptonite, Kent still retains consciousness, but grows weaker and weaker. Desperately, he tried to call out to Jimmy Olsen and private detective Candy Myers, who came to the house in search of him, but was unable to force any sound past his lips. As we continue now, Sidney has just returned to the cellar. The Atom Man, his nerves near the breaking point, snaps a question at him. Well, what happened? Oh, relax, my friend, relax. What did they want? What were they looking for? They were looking for Clark Kent, of course. That means they're suspicious. They know Kent came here. When was it? Three nights ago. No, they don't. They must. Or else they wouldn't have come here. I don't like this, Sidney. I'm getting out. Oh, sit down. Sit down and relax. Nothing to worry about. There, they've gone. They'll come back. They'll bring more cops. I've got to get out of here. Oh, don't be a fool, Miller. I said there's nothing to worry about. There's no way of knowing that Kent is here. They don't even know he had an appointment with me the night he disappeared. Then why did they come here? My dear fellow, their friend is missing. They're doing everything they can to find him. Olsen knew that I'd called on Kent the day he disappeared. 
So naturally, they wanted to talk to me, one of the last persons who'd seen him. <laughs> I adjure you. They're now convinced of my complete innocence in the affair. Maybe not. Olsen is young, but he's smart. Oh, believe me, he's not half as smart as I am. Now sit down and compose yourself. Here, I brought you the evening papers. You can read all about the latest sensation. <laughs> the mysterious disappearance of Clark Kent. I'm sick of reading. I never like to read anyhow. I want to do things. I've got to do things. Can't stand being cooped up in here hour after hour, day after day. Oh, now, now, Henry, control yourself. If you say that just once more, I... All right, all right, all right. Uh, Let's see how our friend Mr. Kent's getting along. (laughs) To think that this is the great and powerful Superman, the undefeatable Superman. His pulse is definitely weaker. He's losing weight. I don't think he'll last very much longer. He's lasted too long already. I can't stand the sight of him. Or of you either. Uh, evidently, the kryptonite in your blood is making you nervous. Now, read your papers and I'll turn on the radio. No, I don't want to hear any more of that music. But I do. Frankly, I find it more enjoyable than your stupid conversation. You're going to say that once too often. Oh, listen to that disgusting jazz music. When Superman's dead and we are giving orders to the world, I'll have all dance orchestras abolished. Yeah, that's better. A swine... Must be stopped. Who must be stopped? Look, look, it's in the paper. The Allies have blown up four more of our largest factories. Oh, now, now, stop exciting yourself. And another thing, the beginning of the trials of our leaders, Goering, von Ribbentrop, Keitel, von Poppen, our greatest heroes on trial for their lives like common criminals. (laughs) They weren't smart enough. They held out too long. They should have gotten rid of Hitler and made peace. Then they'd still have their freedom and their money. Ah, It's getting late. Why don't you go to bed? I'm not sleepy. I'm never sleepy anymore. I need exercise, fresh air, and exercise. Oh, this room's air conditioned. It's too small. It's closed in. I'm like a lion in a cage. Look, Sidney, if I went outside and walked for just ten minutes, I'd feel... No. Suppose Kent regained consciousness while you were out. He won't. Look how still he is, like he's dead. You thought he was dead when you buried him on the beach that time, but he revived. No. You won't stir from this room until Kent breathes his last, and that's final. I could kill you very easily, you know. Oh, yes, yes, but you won't. I'm much too valuable to you. You've no brains, and you know it. You need me to direct you. That's what you think. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you an important announcement. Shut that radio fire! fire. There is still no news of Clark Kent, star reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, who disappeared mysteriously three days ago. (laughs) Quite right, my friend. Late this afternoon, Harry White, editor of the Planet, announced that he has increased the reward to $25,000 for any information leading to the discovery of Kent's whereabouts. (laughs) We will continue to interrupt all programs to bring you any further developments. We now return you to the evening hour of immortal music. Uh, (laughs) Wouldn't Barry White be surprised if he knew he was offering a reward for Superman? (laughs) I don't like this, Sidney. $25,000 is a lot of money. Everyone will be looking for Kent. Police, private detectives, they'll come snooping around here. Well, let them come. What good would it do them? They couldn't find this hideout in a hundred years. Now, for heaven's sake, sir, stop writing and fidgeting. Let me read my paper and you read yours. Dirty fat swine. <gasps> Sidney. Oh, now what? Listen to this. Listen, it says a group of American scientists believe that they will soon have a defense against atomic energy. That will take a long time. How do you know it will? Well, everyone knows it. Took years to make the first atomic bomb even after they'd learned how to split the atom. 
Well, it'll take years more to find a defense against them. Maybe not. They might find it any day, any hour. Then where will I be? Uh, you're worrying about nothing. Am I? Suppose it happened while I'm sitting here in your rotten cellar waiting for Kent to die. Then it'll be too late. Instead of my being able to destroy Germany's enemies, they'll destroy me. I tell you, you're worrying about nothing. Kent will be dead in a few weeks. You're not sure of that. He's Superman, you know. Maybe he'll last for months, for a year. Ah, ridiculous. No man can live without food and water for long. No man can fly either or move mountains or withstand atomic energy, but he can. I made up my mind, Sidney. I'm getting out of here tonight. Oh, no, you're not. I am! It's too risky to stay here any longer. I've got to make use of my atomic power before they find a defense against him. Uh, uh, what about Superman? It took him days to revive after our last fight. Now we've been starving him. It'll take him longer to revive, if he does. By that time, I'll have conquered the world. And then if he dares to meet me again, let him. Where's the button that opens the ceiling panel? Oh, here. Now don't touch it, Miller. Try and stop me. Don't touch that button. Or I'll shoot. What? One step more, Miller, and you are a dead man. Whirling about furiously, the atom man stops short at the sight of the snub-nosed pistol in Sidney's pudgy hand. Conscious but helpless, Superman waits tensely. If the atom man dies, Superman may still live. We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. But right now, let's hear from our announcer. Fellows and girls, I'm sure that if I ask you, you could tell me dozens of things that Thanksgiving Day stands for, like the courage of the pilgrims and their happiness at finding a free land to live in. But I wonder, have you stopped to think of how many millions of things you have to be grateful for on Thanksgiving Day or any other day of the year? Here in America, we have warm, comfortable homes and clothes. We have good things to eat. We have games and sports and friends. So many things that we just take for granted, which young people in other countries are having to do without. Yes, gang, it's a good country we live in, and it's a good life we live in it. That's what we mean by Thanksgiving. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. In the secret cellar where Clark Kent lies helpless, chained by the power of the kryptonite in Henry Miller's veins, the atom man and his sinister ally, Sidney, have clashed. Attempting to leave the hideout, Miller was stopped by the threat of a pistol in Sidney's hand. One step more, Miller, and I'll shoot. You wouldn't dare. Wouldn't I? I'm playing for millions, not pennies. Do you think I'd let a stupid, hot-headed young fool like you cheat me out of it? Now get into that bunk and go to sleep. You're not leaving here until Kent is dead. I said get into that bunk. All right. You win. This time. <laughs> You'll find that I win every time. Aren't you going to sleep? Perhaps. Perhaps not. Turn the radio off. I can't sleep with that music playing. Uh, well, now you're talking sense. I always talk sense. Yeah, yeah. You'd ruin everything if not for me. You'd exhaust your power on Superman the way you did the last time, and then where would you be? Maybe you're right. Of course I'm right. Now go to sleep. Go on. Go to sleep. Remember, in case you get any more stupid ideas, that I'll be watching you. And I can shoot the head off a match at 40 bases. It won't happen again. Good night. Good night. Climbing into the bunk, Henry Miller lies on his back in the shadows, his eyes almost closed. Across the room, Sidney sits wedged in a chair, an open book on his fat knees, the snub-nosed pistol on the table at his elbow. Occasionally, as he turns a page, his sharp little eyes and their deep pouches turn toward the atom man. All is silent save for the ticking of a clock on the shelf. A half hour passes. An hour. And Sidney's head nods toward his chest. There is a stealthy movement in the bunk, and Sidney's head comes up sharply. His hand reaches for the pistol. Miller! Miller! 
For a long moment, Sidney's sharp little eyes watch the bunk in the shadows. Then once again, he picks up the book and forces himself to read. Five minutes pass. Ten. His head nods. Shortly, his eyes close, and soon his deep breathing indicates he is asleep. Relaxed, the book drops from his knees to the floor without disturbing him. For a time, there is no sound in the room except Sidney's heavy breathing and the rhythmic ticking of the clock. Then suddenly, Miller, the atom man, slowly, with infinite care, places first one foot and then the other on the floor. In the half-darkness, his eyes gleam like a jungle cat's as he takes one cautious step and then another toward the sleeping Sidney. Half stumbling over the body of Clark Kent, he stands frozen, his eyes pinned on the sleeping fat man. Sidney stirs but does not awaken, and again the atom man resumes his slow, silent inching across the room. His progress noted tensely by Kent, who realizes that the next few seconds will determine whether he, Superman, lives or dies. Only a few feet from his fatal eye now, the atom man coils himself to spring, and in that moment Sidney lifts his head, his eyes open, and he snatches for his revolver. Oh, no, you don't. Curiously, Sidney and the Atom Man tangle, overturning the chair and crashing to the floor. This is a battle to the death with Superman's life hanging in the balance. Don't fail to listen tomorrow, same time, same station, to the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. In a cellar under the garage of a secluded country house, Clark Kent lies powerless at the feet of Henry Miller, the Nazi atom man, in whose veins runs a solution of kryptonite, the one substance that robs Superman of his strength and power. Aware that Kent is, in reality, Superman, Miller and Sidney, his sinister ally, planned to starve him to death. After three days, however, alarmed by a newspaper report that scientists were working on a defense against atomic power, Miller attempted to leave the hideout. Sidney stopped him at gunpoint. But that night when the fat man dozed, Miller attacked him. The two conspirators grappled. And as we continue now, the younger, stronger Miller has kicked Sidney's gun across the room and clasped the electronic converter around his throat, which transforms him into an atom man. As the horrified Sidney staggers to his feet, Miller, a maniacal smile curling his thin lips, pulls on his strange meshed metal gloves. Listen. Now, Sidney, now tell me who's master. Take, take that converter off, Miller. I like to see your fat body shake with fear. No, no, no. You need me. You can't do without me. What do I need you for, you fat Miller? Miller. <laughs> Go on and beg for your life, Sidney. I've waited a long time for this moment. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to show you that you can't afford to do away with me. You've forgotten about Clark Kent? Forgotten that he's Superman? 
He'll regain consciousness when you leave and come after you. Even if he recovers, he can't stand up against my atomic power. But he can make you exhaust all your power on him, as he did that time on the beach. <laughs> then what do you do? I'll have to take that chance. I can't stay here until he dies of starvation. It might take months. And in that time, those American scientists may perfect their defense against atomic power. But if you work with me, you won't have to fear the American scientists or Superman either. Why not? Because I know where there's more kryptonite. What? More kryptonite? Yes. So even if you're forced to destroy a dozen cities and fight Superman again, you'll still have all the atomic power you need. You're lying to try to save your skin. No, 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 no. I'm telling you the truth because I have to. The Scarlet Widow cut up the original kryptonite fragment into four pieces. Four? Yes. Teufel stole one piece, which your father dissolved in Germany and, and injected into your veins. And you bought the second piece from the Widow, which is dissolved and in my veins right now. That's all there is. You said so when you got it. I tell you, there are two other pieces. You're lying. It's the truth. I can prove it. You can? Prove it, then. Where are they? <laughs> oh, no, my friend. I'm not so stupid as to tell you now. <laughs> You'd finish me off, then get the kryptonite yourself. Take off that converter and those gloves, and we'll do business again. You must really think I'm a fool. Even if there is more kryptonite... There is! There are two pieces of it! I don't believe it! But even if there is enough, if I let you live, you wouldn't get it for me. Of course I would. Oh, no! I know what's in that twisted brain of yours, Sidney. You're afraid of me now. So the first chance you got, you'd kill me, steal my converter and gloves, and inject the kryptonite into someone else. Someone you could control. You're wrong. I wouldn't do anything like that. No, no, you don't back up to that gun. I'm not. You've got to listen to me, Miller. Don't back up, I said. All right, Miller. All right. I just wanted to get the dick out. Drop that phone. Take off your gloves first. Quick, or I'll have Zito call the police. They'll surround the place and shoot you. They will, eh? Don't! No, no, don't touch the converter! Yes, must be. I've already thrown the switch. Can't you tell by my voice? <laughs> In a moment, Sydney, when my atomic power builds no, up. No, no, don't, Bill, don't. Please! Ah, Give it a don't! Something is wrong, Buster! Oh, I'm ready! Here comes the green oh. lightning! Oh, No use wasting my power. Now to get out of here. Let's see. I want the officer's cap and the overcoat. <laughs> it was nice of Sydney to produce the coat and to dye my hair. There, I'm ready. Let's see, the panel is opening. Master, what's wrong? It's Gito. I'd better take care of him. Master, 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 what happened? Oh, you killed master. I fixed him. That knife won't help you. Say your prayers, Gito. Oh! Now, I'll give Kent a little more atomic power to make sure that he can't interfere with me tonight. Now I can go. Goodbye, Sydney. Goodbye, Superman. Happy dreams. I'll fix things so you won't be disturbed. <laughs> Laughing triumphantly, the atom man throws a hidden switch and watches a heavy concrete section of the garage floor slide closed, entombing the unconscious Superman with the bodies of Sydney and Gito. Then, stepping into Sydney's black sedan, he drives swiftly to Highway 33, leading to Metropolis. We'll return in a moment for the dramatic climax of today's episode. But right now, let's hear from our announcer. Say, I'll bet you're having a good time on your holiday from school, gang. And I'll bet you're having a swell time working on your collection of those new comic buttons that come in packages of Kellogg's Pep. Aren't those buttons a knockout? 
bright, sparkling comic strip colors on sturdy metal enameled clear white so that the pictures of your favorite funny sheet friends stand out like anything. Take Orphan Annie's dog Sandy, for instance. Boy, he looks so real he could bark. Or Smokey Stover in his fireman's cap and uniform. Or Superman himself with his bright red keep flying in the wind. Why, these buttons look as natural as the characters themselves. And what fun it is to add to your collection by swapping duplicates with your friends to compare notes on who has collected the most. You really feel like strutting around when you have your buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. And they're so easy to get. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. You just ask Mom to get you plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside every package, there's an exclusive prize. One of those slick new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. It is almost an hour since Henry Miller, the Atom Man, left Sidney's garage in the dead spy's car and headed for Metropolis, 55 miles away. Now, weak from the effects of Miller's atomic power and from hunger and thirst, Clark Kent, who is Superman, finally manages to struggle to one knee and then, with great effort, to his feet. Staggering, bracing himself against the wall, he makes his way one step at a time to the small switch controlling the sliding section of the concrete garage floor above his head. Must get to the phone. Call. Call Inspector Henderson. Stop, Miller. Don't wait yet. This. this switch. I've got to throw it. There. Something's wrong. Ceiling doesn't open. Try again. It still won't open. Oh, I see. Miller pulled wires out in the garage. I have to get up steps. Break through the floor if I can. Oh, I'm so weak. But I have to. There. Now, break through. Try again. Once more. Didn't even crack it. Oh, I can't do it. No strength. But have to. Have to warn Henderson. Tell him. Miller's hair died, wearing army officer's cap and coat. <clears throat> Must break through. <clears throat> his haggard face drawn and pale, Superman crouches under the foot-thick concrete floor, pushing his weakened hands and shoulders at it again and again, in vain. Meanwhile, having arrived in darkened metropolis, Henry Miller is in the phone booth of an all-night drugstore. His stolen officer's cap pulled low over his eyes, his overcoat collar muffling his chin. He has just dialed a number. Now he waits, the ringing of a distant phone in his ears. Hello? Hello? Is this the mayor? Yes, who are you? This is the Atom Man. Who? I said I'm the Atom Man. The what? Never mind. I called to warn you that in two minutes I'm going to blow up the Metropolis Stadium. What? Are you out of You heard me. In two minutes, I'll destroy the Metropolis Stadium. 
I'll call you up later to tell you what's next. Now, look here, young man. If this is your idea of a joke... If you think it's a joke, keep your ears open, Mr. Mayor. Wait. (laughs) Goodbye. Quickly hanging up the phone, the atom man leaves the drugstore and entering Sydney's black sedan again, drives a few blocks and stops in a dark street. Looming ahead of him is the gray, unlighted bulk of the great metropolis stadium. The atom man steps from the car, his strange meshed gloves on his hands. A smile curls his thin lips as he reaches inside his turned-up collar for the switch of the electronic converter fastened to his throat. Can nothing stop this madman? Fellows and girls, don't miss Monday's tense, exciting episode when amazing things take place. Tune in, same time, same station, to follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up on the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Helpless in the presence of Henry Miller, in whose veins flows the deadly kryptonite which enables him to generate atomic power, Clark Kent, whom Miller knows to be Superman, was being slowly starved to death in a secret cellar. Miller, however, who plans to conquer the world for beaten Germany, became alarmed by a report that American scientists were creating a defense against atomic energy. After eliminating Sidney, his henchman, he departed to attack Metropolis, leaving Kent too weak to escape from his concrete prison. Late that night, a terrific explosion shook the terrified city, and news spread swiftly that the huge stadium, the largest in the world, had been mysteriously destroyed. 
as all available fire and police equipment was rushed to the scene of the disaster, now only a vast smoking crater, Elbridge Thomas, the mayor of Metropolis, has just returned to his home with Police Inspector Henderson. The two are in the mayor's study. Listen. There isn't a particle of the stadium left, Inspector. Not a square inch. How did this, this atom man do it? Well, we're not sure that he did do it, Mr. Mayor. Well, of course he did. Didn't he call me just before midnight and tell me he was going to destroy the stadium in two minutes? It wasn't more than two minutes after that that the first explosion threw me out of bed. Yes, I know that. Now, but... don't tell me again that the big gas main might have, might have done it. it. Runs under Front Street, just north of the stadium, and it wasn't touched. Yes, I know. And neither your men nor the fire department nor anyone else has been able to find trace of bombs or mines. Besides, no ordinary explosive could have obliterated that huge plate so completely. It's as if an earthquake swallowed it, or, or an atomic bomb. Oh, now, 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 let's not lose our heads, sir. We know it wasn't an earthquake. And as for atomic bombs, well, that's out of the question. The atom bomb's the most carefully guarded secret in the world. They might have got a hold of one somehow. Inspector, you've got to find him. He said the stadium was only the beginning, that he was going to destroy the entire city piece by piece. Well, how are we going to find him? We don't know who he is or even what he looks like. Our only hope is that he'll telephone you again tonight as he said he would. And if he does, we can trace the call. I've got men at the telephone exchanges and squads waiting at all parts of the city so we can cover any position quickly. Now, if he was clever enough to do what he did tonight, I'm afraid he's too clever to be caught that way. Look, you said the Daily Planet had mentioned something to you about an atom man. Yes, yes, but there's nothing to it. One of their reporters, Clark Kent, had some wild idea that Teufel... You know, the Nazi scientist who was killed by lightning a couple of weeks ago was able to create a human atom man. He told you that? Yes, but Kent is always getting some fantastic idea or other. Incidentally, he's been missing for four days now. I wonder whether this has any connection with it. They have something there. Just possible that Kent was put out of the way before this happened. I suggest you contact Perry White at once. Oh, we've been looking for him and for Jim Olson and Miss Lane for the past few hours. But they're out somewhere hunting for Kent. So I left orders to bring one and all of them here just as soon as they're found. Good. Maybe... Come in. The governor's on the wire, Mr. Mayor. Wants to know if there's any further information about the explosion tonight. Now, tell him not yet, Harris. And apologize for my not being able to talk to him now. I'm expecting a very important call on my private phone. Yes, sir. Uh, what shall I say to the newspaper reporters? There are about 20 of them waiting for you. Tell them I'll issue a statement as soon as possible when we've uh, completed our investigation. There's nothing else I can say to them now. Yes, sir. Papers are driving me crazy. But I don't dare tell them about the atom man. It cause a panic in the city. Inspector, we've got to do something. Why doesn't that fellow call up again? At least there might be a chance of tracing him. Well, if there is, we'll grab at it. Who is he? How did he destroy the stadium? What's he after? Heaven only knows. Now you'd better sit down and take it easy. Take it easy. With the papers on my neck, the people in a panic, the governor in Washington demanding an explanation, this this atom man threatening to destroy the city. I tell you, Inspector, I'm scared. I... Oh, now what? Come in. Mr. Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet, is here to see Inspector Henderson. Oh, good. Send him right in, please. Yes, sir. Right in here, Mr. White. Uh, come on, Olson. Now, good evening, Mr. Mayor. All right, I guess it's good morning. Hello, Perry. Hello, Mr. White. Jim? Hi, I Inspector. I understand you wanted to see us, Inspector. Yes, I did. By the way, Mr. Mayor, this is Jim Olson, one of my reporters. Oh, pleased to meet you, Mr. Mayor. Hmm. How are you? Look, Perry, what do you know about the Adam Man? The Adam Man? Oh, you mean Henry Miller? Henry Miller? Who is he? He's the Adam Man. He's what? A... No, what's no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, look here, Olson. But he is. Mr. Kent said so. Kent said that? Yes, and what's oh, more? Oh, good heavens, I didn't hear anything about that, Inspector. No, don't pay any attention to him, Mr. Mayor. You you be quiet, Olson. But they asked me... Never mind what they asked you. Just a minute, Perry. This Miller, who is he? No, he's a young Nazi, apparently, who was working with Teufel. He talked himself into a job as a reporter on my paper. And he disappeared, just the way Mr. Kent did. Inspector, are you looking for him? Of course, but we haven't had any luck. Good heavens. If Kent and Olsen are right, and this fellow does have the secret of atomic power... Ridiculous. That would explain what happened at the stadium tonight. What do you mean? Olsen, I told you to... 
Hold on. What do you say about the stadium, Mr. Mayor? Well, I, I received a phone call that... No, no, I can't tell you about Now, wait a minute. I think you should. Mr. White and Jim know Miller. And if he is the one who calls himself the Adam Man, and if he phones again, they'll be able to identify his voice. I don't get it. You're right, Inspector. Harry, I want your word of honor that what I tell you now won't be repeated or printed until I give my permission. That goes for you too, young man. Huh? Well, sure, but well, what I... is it? Well, just before midnight, I received a phone call on my private wire from a man who said he was the Atom Man. Gleeps. He warned me that in two minutes he was going to destroy the Metropolis Stadium. And not more than two minutes after he hung up, the stadium was destroyed. Gleep and listen. That isn't all. He said he'd call me again tonight and tell me what he was going to destroy next. Boy, that's incredible. I'll bet it was Miller. He's a dirty Nazi and, and an Atom Man. That would explain how every inch of that big stadium could have been wiped out. Besides... That might be him now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't answer yet. Mr. White. Jim. Come over here closer to the phone. Hold that receiver away from your ear, Mr. Mayor, so we can hear his voice. All right. If it is Miller, your men will be trying to trace the call, won't they? Yes, there's a man in the basement now. Tap in on your private wire. He's already flashed a word to every exchange of the city that there's a call coming in. Now, just try to keep him talking as long as possible. Stall him all that you can. Okay. Answer. Well, here goes. Hello? Is this Mayor Thomas... Yes, uh, who's calling? This is the Atom Man. It's him. Quiet, will you? Go ahead, keep him talking. Who? Uh, who did you say? You heard me. I said I'm the Atom Man. <laughs> I kept my promise about the stadium, didn't I? Now listen to me while I tell you what's going to happen next. Before the new day dawns, you will be responsible for a terrible catastrophe. Perry White, Inspector Henderson, and Jimmy Olsen lean over the mayor's shoulder to hear what Henry Miller, the Atom Man, is about to say. We'll return in a moment to find out what it is. But first, let's stand by for a word from Dan McCullough. You know, gang, I'll bet you'd have a hard time if someone asked you to pick out your favorite comic button on the new series that now comes in packages of Kellogg's Pet. Maybe you'd say, uh, Smokey Stover is the funniest with his wide, toothless grin and his, his crazy fireman's cap. And they like K.O. because, well, he's a kind of tough-looking character with his oversized black derby hat. But Superman would probably get the most votes because he's the doggone handsome with his red cape flying in the wind. Of course, no matter which is your favorite, you'll want to collect all 18 different buttons. You'll want the fun of looking for your prize when Mom opens a new package of pet. And you'll want still more fun trading duplicates with your pals. And you wouldn't want to miss the thrill of wearing your buttons pinned on your jacket or dress or cap so that everybody can see how many you've collected. So how about asking Mom right now to be sure to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. That's the only way you can get these swell buttons, you know. You don't send in either money or a box top. Ask Mom for P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. In the study of Mayor Thomas's home, Editor Perry White, Police Inspector Henderson, and Jimmy Olsen lean tensely over the mayor's shoulder to hear the voice of Henry Miller, the Atom Man, at the other end of the wire. Now get this, Mr. Mayor. Something much worse than what happened to the stadium is going to take place. Unless you do as I say. Oh, it's Miller, all right. Will you be quiet, Olsen? Well, uh, what about the stadium? And uh, who did you say this was? Quit stalling. I know you're trying to trace this call, no, but it I... won't do you any good. Now, this is going to be short and sweet. Listen. First, I want you to haul down your dirty American flag from City Hall and raise the German swastika. What? Why that quiet? Yes. I want to see the swastika over the City Hall when the sun rises. If it's there, I'll call and tell you what to do next. But if it isn't there, everyone in Metropolis will die tomorrow night. If you don't want every man, woman, and child in your city to drown like a rat, you'll do it, I say. Goodbye. No, wait. Hello. Listen. Hello. Hello. He 
hung up. Godfrey, are you sure that was clear? Oh, sure it was. Yes. All right, now I know who he is and what he looks like. Now, if the call was traced, well, that must be headquarters. Let me take it, please. Inspector Henderson speaking. Now, this is Healy, Inspector. Yes, Healy, did you trace that call? Yes, sir. It came from a pay booth in Central Station. Oh, there'll be a mob there even at this time of night. But hold everyone, Healy. Don't let a soul out of that station until I get there. Hurry. Okay. Come on, Mr. White. You too, Jim. Wait, Inspector. What are you going to do now? Miller called from the Central Station. We've got to get him. I'll let you know what happens. Come on, Mr. White. Jim, let's go. Followed by Perry White and Jimmy Olsen, Inspector Henderson rushes from the mayor's house. None of them aware that the Atom Man has changed his appearance since he left the Daily Planet. Only Clark Kent knows that. But Kent at this moment is 55 miles away, a prisoner with two dead men, Sidney and his servant Gito, in the secret concrete cellar under the garage of Sidney's country house. Weakened by Miller's atomic power and starvation, Kent still feebly throws himself against the thick walls in a hopeless attempt to break through. Oh, I can't go on much longer. I'm too weak. Unless somebody comes soon, I'll be finished. Someone has to help me. Only I... Only I know about Miller. Only I know. And I'm almost done for. Oh, I've got to get out of here. I've got to. What will happen? Kent, who is Superman, is nearing death in a concrete tomb. What did Henry Miller mean by his threat to drown everyone in Metropolis? And even if he should be cornered in the central station, how can he be taken when he need only lift his hands to destroy the station and everyone in it? Fellows and girls, something startling and surprising happens tomorrow, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. Ha <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box! What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash Loot Crate. Great Scott! Snap into a Loot Crate, dig You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Terribly weakened by Henry Miller's strange atomic power and by starvation, Superman and his guise of Clark Kent is dying in a secret cellar. Miller, meanwhile, disguised as an American army officer, destroyed the huge Metropolis Stadium as his first act in revenging the defeat of Germany. Later that night, he phoned the mayor of Metropolis and, identifying himself as the Atom Man, threatened to destroy the entire city unless the Nazi swastika was raised over City Hall. The police immediately traced the call to the Central Railroad Station, and giving orders that no one be permitted to leave the station, Inspector Henderson hurried there with Jimmy Olsen and Editor Perry White. As we continue now, officers guard every door of the vast railroad terminal as the great crowd of civilians, soldiers, and sailors pass through the main exit in single file, where Henderson, White, and Jimmy stand with an armed police guard. Listen. All right, now keep your eyes peeled, Jim. You and Mr. White are the only ones who know Miller, so I'm depending on you to spot him. We'll spot him, all right. Dirty Nazi. Won't we, Mr. White? Well, if he's here, we will. He might have gotten away before the police arrived. That's possible, don't you think, Inspector? Yes, it's possible, of course, but I doubt it. He made his call from a phone booth on the balcony, and my men were here two minutes after he hung up. Maybe we'd be lucky if he did get away. Well, what are you talking about, Olsen? Well, he's the Adam, man. Hey, not so loud, Jim. We don't want that to get around. Okay. Golly, if we corner him, all he has to do is shoot that green lightning out of his hands, his his atomic power, and he'd blow us in this station to smithereens. Ah, poppycock. Yeah, never mind about that now. Just keep looking for him. And don't worry about his blowing us up if we corner him, Jim. Just point him out to me. I'll do the rest. Uh-huh. I'm looking. I'm looking at everybody coming through. <gasps> Jeepers. What's the matter, Jim? Look, over there. That, that... That what? In the Army captain's uniform. It, it's... It's Miller? I think so. Wait a minute. Healy! Ross! Uh, grab that Army captain! Oh, Godfrey, I... Uh, I think it is, but, but, but... No. No, it's not. Well, make up your mind. Is it or isn't it? Jim, is it? No. No, I was wrong. Uh, Miller has light hair, the color of straw. That fellow's hair is dark. All right. Never mind, Healy. Let him go. Gee, for a minute there, I was sure it was Miller. You know, Inspector... What? It just occurred to me, Miller must know that you're looking for him. It's been in all the papers. Yeah? Well, maybe he's walking around disguised. Gosh, I never thought of that. Well, it could be. But you fellas know him. Yeah, but if he's disguised, how could we recognize him? Well, it's a real art to disguise yourself so perfectly that you can fool people who know you. So let's hope Miller is no expert. Now, just keep looking. We've got to find him. Don't forget what he threatened to do. We're all in danger. For another long hour, our friends stand at the exit gate, studying the seemingly endless parade of faces moving by. Finally, the crowd passes through, and the vast railroad terminal is practically empty, save for officials and police officers. Disappointed, Inspector Henderson, Perry White, and Jimmy Olsen enter a police car and are driven swiftly back to Mayor Thomas's house, just as dawn breaks over the city. In his study, his face haggard with worry, the mayor greets them. Well, Inspector, did you get him? No, sir. No, he got away. Oh, I was afraid he would. Now what'll we do? 
He told me if the swastika isn't f- is flying over City Hall when the sun rises, he'll destroy Metropolis. Yeah, I know. Well, jeepers, the sun will be up in a few minutes. Now, look, Mayor, it's one thing to say that you're going to destroy Metropolis and another thing to be able to do it. It's no use trying to ignore the facts, Perry. We face a terrible situation. Now, don't tell me that you believe that nonsense about Miller being an atom man. Well, frankly, I don't know what to believe. Nelson of the fire department and two FBI investigators were just here. Oh? Now, what did they say? Uh, they just come from the scene of the explosion. Worked there all night. They weren't able to find any evidence of bombs or mines or any usual forms of explosives had been used. Mm-hmm. I told you, Miller did it with his atomic power. Olsen. But, Chief, if he didn't use bombs or mines, how else could he... That's for someone with more sense than you to figure out. And unless you can keep your oversized mouth shut, you're going out of here on your ear. Now, please, gentlemen, this is no time for quarreling. The Atom Man is still at large. He said he'd call me again if the swastika wasn't flying over the city hall by sunrise. And since it won't be... You bet it won't. Well, we've got to prepare ourselves. Prepare ourselves for what? Personally, I think he's bluffing. Well, he wasn't bluffing about destroying the stadium, Mr. White. There's a difference between a stadium and a city, Inspector. I'll grant that he may have some new explosive, but you can't make me believe that a human being can generate atomic power with his own body. Oh, and... that may be Miller now. Are you men ready to trace the call, Inspector? Yes, of course. Now, if it is the Atom Man, keep him talking just as long as you can. Yes, I know. I'll hold the receiver away so you can all hear. Hello? This is the Atom Man. What? Uh, who did you say? Quit stalling. Traced my last call and couldn't find me. Take my advice and don't try it again. Well, uh, what do you mean? You know what I mean. Tell young Olsen he's lucky he changed his mind about the army, Captain. <laughs> if he hadn't, I would have blown everyone in that station to kingdom come. Leaps, it was him in the station. Can you hear me, Mr. Mayor? Yes, but uh, I don't understand. You understand, all right. Don't waste time rounding up all the army captains in town. I'm not in disguise anymore. Now, look here. I'm giving the orders now, Mr. Mayor. You disobeyed my first one about raising the German swastika over City Hall. So tonight, every man, woman, and child in your city will drown like a rat. Gosh. Boy, that dirt Tell him he's bluffing. You're, you're, you're bluffing. Oh, am I? You'll find out tonight. <laughs> you haven't a chance. Nobody can save you. Not even Superman. Gosh. Keep him talking. Well, uh, what, what, what did you say about Superman? I said he can't save you. Because he's dying. Superman dying? I don't believe Do you expect me to believe that? Take my word for it. Or better yet, ask Clark Kent. Mr. Kent? Or ask Sidney. He got in my way, too. (laughs) Sidney? Sure. Ask Kent and Sidney. They can tell you anything you want to know about me. (laughs) Well, that'll be all, Your Honor. So long. And don't forget your water wings tonight. Wait. Listen. (laughs) Hello. 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 He hung up. Gosh, what did he mean about Superman dying? He's crazy. He's out of his mind. Well, if we... Wait a minute, I'll take it. It's headquarters on Miller's call. Henderson speaking. Healy, Inspector, on that call. Yes, Healy. Did you trace it? Yes, sir. Good. Where'd it come from? The pay station at Oakland, 39th. We radioed the patrol car nearest there and sent it right out. Good. I'll hop right over. Call the car again, Healy, and tell him not to take any chances. Shoot the kill on sight. The man is a maniac. Yes, sir. Well, they traced the call. I'm going out there right now. I'll call you back, Mr. Mayor. Right. Good luck. Oh, wait, Inspector. Miller said something about Mr. Kent. Now, there's no time for Kent now, Jim. Later on... But Kent may be able to help us. He knew about Miller, and he was investigating Sidney, the fellow Miller mentioned. Now, look, Mr. White. I hate to say this, but the chances are, from what Miller just said, that Kent and Sidney got in his way. They probably found out something about him, and... Well, he finished them off. What? Finished Kent? Oh, no. I'm afraid so. Well, I'll see you all later. Later, my eye. Come on, Jim. Huh? Where? Why, to look for Kent, of course. We're going to that fellow Sidney's house. I'll get to the bottom of this if it kills me. 
Grimly, Perry White and Jimmy Olsen leave the mayor's house to follow the Atom Man's own boastful clue to Clark Kent. Will they find him in the secret cellar beneath Sidney's garage? We'll return in a moment to find out. But right now, here's Dan McCullough to tell you something mighty interesting. You know, my young pal Eddie walked right by me yesterday and didn't even speak. I couldn't figure out what was the matter with him, so I called, Hey, Eddie, Eddie, what's up? And he looked so, so surprised why he hadn't even seen me. You see, he was on his way over to Pee-wee's house to trade a duplicate comic button he just got from a package of Kellogg's Pet for a duplicate button Pee-wee had. And he was so wrapped up in thinking about how swell it would be to add another to his collection that, well, he just wasn't paying any attention to anything else. I guess all you fellows and girls get that excited when you get a new comic button for your collection. Because there's the doggone good-looking, bright red and black and blue on gleaming white enamel. Really looks smart pinned on your jacket or dress or cap. And uh, aren't you glad they're so easy to get? Why, you don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. All you do is to ask Mom to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Inside every package, there's an exclusive prize. One of these nifty new comic buttons or a military insignia or warplane button. It's your prize, gang, from P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. Picking up Clark Kent's friend, Private Detective Candy Myers, Harry White and Jimmy Olsen drove to Sidney's house in the country, where in a secret thick-walled cellar beneath the garage, Clark Kent is near death from the effects of Miller's atomic power and starvation. As we continue now, early in the morning, our three friends have vainly searched the dead Sydney's empty house. Candy Myers has stopped to telephone Metropolis as White and Jimmy, deeply discouraged, walk across the lawn to their car. Well, that's that, Jim. Yeah, I guess so. I was sure we were going to find Mr. Kent. Well, I hate to admit it, but Inspector Henderson was probably right. Kent and Sidney were probably both finished by Miller. Gosh, I, I don't want to believe it, but... I... Wait... What's that? What? I, I hear a kind of thumping noise. Yes. Yeah, it seems to be coming from the garage. But the garage is empty. We checked it. It's not empty now. Come on, let's take a look. Okay. Where's that thumping coming from? It seems to be coming from below us. Oh, how could it? The garage is set away from the house. There's no cellar or anything under it. Jim, very strange. I wonder what's causing that noise. Puzzled, Perry White and Jimmy Olsen stand in the garage, unaware that Clark Kent, who is Superman, is immediately below them, hurling himself weakly against the thick concrete walls and calling to them through dry, thirst-parched lips. Jim, Chief, I'm right here, under the garage. There's a secret panel in the floor. Don't go away. No. You've got to help me. You've got to. Jim. Chief. I'm right here. Help me. Help me. Desperately, Kent calls again and again to his puzzled friends. But his once powerful voice is weak and unheard. What will happen? Will they discover the secret basement in time to rescue Kent? In time to stop the atom man who has doomed all of Metropolis? Don't miss tomorrow's thrilling episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station, to hear the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. 
Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Weakened by Henry Miller's atomic power, Superman and his guise of Clark Kent is dying of thirst and starvation in a secret cellar under the garage of a country house owned by the late Sidney, Miller's henchman. Meanwhile, as his first step in avenging the defeat of Germany, Miller, the Atom Man, destroyed the huge Metropolis Stadium, then phoned Mayor Thomas, threatening to destroy the rest of the city that night in a last desperate effort to locate Clark Kent. Editor Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, and private detective Candy Myers hurried to Sidney's country house, only to find it empty. But as White and Jimmy were leaving the house, they heard faint thumping sounds coming from the garage. As we continue now, they are in the garage, unaware that Kent is imprisoned beneath their very feet, trying desperately to attract their attention by pounding his weakened body against a concrete trapdoor. Listen. Well, where's that noise coming from, Mr. White? Seems to be coming from under the floor. Yeah, it does. You think maybe there's a basement or something under the garage? I doubt it. Why would anyone build a basement under a garage? Anyway, there are no steps. The noise stopped. Uh-huh. I wonder if... Oh, of course. Are we dumb? Oh, what do you mean? It's the heating system. The heating system? Sure, the steam heat coming up in the pipes. Pounds like that when it builds up. You see? These pipes along the wall heat the garage. They come from under the floor. It's leading the house. Yeah. Uh, they're getting hot now. Yeah, but the house is empty. Nobody's here. Who's making steam? You ever hear of a thermostat? Oh, you mean that gadget you've got in your house? That's right. You set it at night to start the heat at a certain time in the morning. It works automatically. Well, there's only one more to be done here. Come on. We'll get Myers to go back to town. Yeah, might as well. When I first heard that noise, I thought sure it was someone trying to signal us. Maybe even Mr. Ken. Yeah, no such luck. I'm afraid Inspector Henderson was right, Jim. You mean about Mr. Kent meeting up with Miller, the Atom Man? Yes. Kent probably found out too much about Miller, and he... Well, you know the rest. Oh, golly, I hope not. Well, here's the car. Where's Myers? I guess he's still in the house. Well, what for? We went through it from attic to basement and couldn't find anything. Well, he said he wanted to call his office. He sent a man over to check on Sidney's apartment before we left. Well, I'm afraid that'll be a wild goose chase, too. Well, come on. We'll get Myers and start for home. I'd like to know if Inspector Henderson had any luck tracing Miller. Well, if he didn't, it's going to be just too bad for us tonight. Miller said... I know what he said. Oh, open the door. It's unlocked. Okay. Oh, Myers! Myers, where are you? Oh, no, what happened to him? Close the door, Olson. Hey, Candy! Okay, Jim, I'm coming. Well, what are you wasting time here for? Come on, let's get back to Metropolis. Might as well. We sure drew a blank here. Oh, did your man find anything at Sidney's apartment, Candy? No soap there, either. 
The apartment's empty and the doorman and the elevator boys say they haven't seen our fat friend for a week. Well, come on. I want to find out if Inspector Henderson had any luck. He didn't. I checked. Miller called up from a cheap hotel on Grand Street, but he was gone by the time the tops got there. Oh. Cheapers. Oh. Then he's still losing. And tonight... Will you stop talking about tonight? But he said... He, he said, was... he said, if you don't stop repeating that, I, I don't know what I'll do. Now, come on. Both of you. Yeah, let's go, Jim. This clue is a false alarm. I'm afraid it's all up with poor Kent. Yeah, with us too, tonight. Olsen, for the last time, will you... What's that? Sounds like a buzzer. It is a buzzer. Maybe somebody's at the door. Wait a minute. No. No, nobody out here. Oh, maybe it's the back door. Could be. Come on. We'll go see. Okay, okay, we're coming. I didn't hear anyone drive up. No, neither did I. Some guy's in an awful hurry. Here, through the kitchen. How do you like that? Nobody out here either. That's funny. Maybe it's the phone. Some people muffle the bell. This one isn't muffled. I had my office call me back before after they checked with headquarters. And the phone rang. Well, then what is it? I don't know. But I'm going to find out. Something screwy here. Wait. Wait a minute. Seems to be coming from the pantry. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Fine detective you are, Myers. I can tell you what it is. Yeah, what? There's a buzzer under the rug in the dining room. We call the servant in the kitchen. One of us must have stepped on it and it got caught. Oh, sure, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's behind this stack of dishes. Look at this. What? Where? Cheapers. It's a funny kind of telephone. Mm, it's a house phone. I've got one in my place. What? There's nobody in the house but us. And it's buzzing. Now you're catching on, Mr. White. Even how she was answering, Candy. That's just what I'm going to do, chum. Something's wacky here. Hello? Hello? Nobody answers. Hello? Candy. Help. Huh? Candy. This is Kent. Kent? Jumping to mind. Mr. Kent. Kent, where is he? What the... Wait, you guys, I can't hear. Help. Kent, Kent. Hurry. Candy. I, I... Where are you, Kent? Where are you? Garage. What garage? Cleeps. Quiet, Jim. Go on, Kent. Tell me, what garage? Right here. Sydney garage. You're in Sydney's garage. Well, can't be. It's empty. We can see it from here. Yes. Now, look, Kent. Try hard to right tell me... here. Hurry. <sighs> Kent. What's the matter? It sounded like he passed out. Come on. For where? For the garage. He said that's where he is. But we were just there. Yeah, see, it's empty. Stay here if you want to. I'm going to have a look. Oh, come on. Let's go with him, Jim. Gosh, Mr. White... I can't figure this no, out. No, no, neither can I, but at least we know Kent is alive. Yeah. Well, where is he? I don't know. What's the phone? Oh, he must have meant some other garage, Candy. He said Sydney's garage. But you can see he's not here, and there's no phone. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Perplexed, Candy Myers, Perry White, and Jimmy Olsen look helplessly at one another. So near and yet so far from Clark Kent. We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. But first, your announcer. You know, um, I heard a bunch of kids in the midst of an argument the other day. They were all talking at once. You know how they do. And each one had a different idea of where, where is the best place to wear your collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pets. Some said they look best in on your jacket or dress. Others insisted that they belong on your cap. Well, finally, one young fellow said, no matter where you wear them, gang, dress or jacket or cap, they're still mighty smooth looking. And is he right? Why, these new comic buttons are really on the beam. 
bright comic strip colors on a clear white enameled background. They really show up, and they're so true to life. Smitty and and uh, Skeezix and Lilums and Superman and all the others are straight from the funny papers. And to top it all, these nifty new comic buttons are so easy to get. You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere. You just ask Mom to get you plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Then see which prize you find inside the package. Remember, that's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. Trapped in the basement under Sidney's garage, Clark Kent managed to reach a house phone and contacted Candy Myers, who rushed through the garage with Perry White and Jimmy Olsen, only to find it empty. Puzzled, Candy is walking around the small garage, examining the walls. I can't figure this at all. I'm sure Kent said he was in the garage. Well, let's not waste any more time, Candy. Call the county police. They can trace the wires and find out where the house phone goes to. Well, that's a swell idea, Mr. White. Yeah, I guess that's the thing to do. I can't understand how... Oh, what's this? What is it, Annie? These wires. See? They were pulled out of the wall. And look, there's a little full panel in the wall and a button operating a switch. These wires were attached to it. Say, that's right. So what? The button might operate the lights or the garage door. No, it doesn't. There's the light button over there. And the door slides open and shut by hand. Wait till I get my knife. I'll have these wires connected again. Half a shake. No, you're just wasting time. Maybe so, maybe no. You go back to the house and call the cops. I'm going to see what cooks here. All right, all right. Come on, Olsen. Well, you go ahead, Chief. I'll stay here. Gosh, Candy. What do you suppose this means? We'll find out in a minute, chum. All we have to do is slip these two wires back. Like this. Tighten this screw. There we are. Now we'll push the button and see what gives. The lizards. Look. The floor is open. Yeah. That middle section drops down and slides back. Watch it. Watch it. Don't fall in. Oh, no, I... Look, Candy. There's a room down there. Mr. Ken is lying on the floor. Yeah. And so are two other guys. Jump on Jemima. It's Sidney and his servant. Come on, Jim. Down these stairs. All right. Golly. What happened? Honey. Sidney and the Jap look like a gun for here, let's see about Kent. How is he? Ah, oh, not so good. Kent! Mr. Kent, speak to us. Mr. Kent! He doesn't answer. Look how white he is. Candy, he's dead. Shocked, Jimmy Olsen and Candy Myers stare down at the pale, motionless figure of Clark Kent. As the terrible plan first conceived by Der Teufel and carried out by the Atom Man and Sidney finally succeeded in eliminating Kent, who, as we all know, is Superman... If it has, who now can challenge Henry Miller's mad scheme to destroy Metropolis and enslave the world? Fellows and girls, don't miss tomorrow's surprising and exciting episode. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman.
Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Leaving Clark Kent, whom he knows to be Superman, near death in a secret cellar, Henry Miller, the Nazi atom man, destroyed the Metropolis Stadium. He then phoned the mayor and threatened to destroy the rest of the great city that night. Miller boasted that Superman was dying and that he had eliminated his former ally, an international spy named Sidney. Editor Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, and private detective Candy Myers hurried to Sidney's deserted country house, where Candy finally discovered the secret concrete room under the garage where Kent was trapped. As we continue now, Candy and Jimmy kneel anxiously beside the unconscious Kent. Nearby lie the bodies of Sidney and his Japanese servant, Jito. Listen. Mr. Kent, say something. Mr. Kent. He doesn't answer. And look how white he is. Candy, he's dead. Take it easy, Jim. He is, I tell you. He, he, golly. Take it easy, I said. He's still alive. Well, he is. Yeah, yeah but he's in bad shape. Needs a doctor. Well, where are we going to get one? We're way out in the country. I know. Look, run back to the house and get some water. Tell Mr. White to phone the nearest town and get a doctor out here. The police, too. Hurry up now. All right. I, I, okay. Jim, Candy, where are you? What's this big hole in the floor? Olsen, where did you pop up from? There's a room down there. We found Mr. Kent. What? what, what? Where? I go down these stairs. I've got to get some water. Good Godfrey. Candy, is he? Is he? He's alive. He is? Oh, thank heaven. What's the matter with him? I don't know. There are no marks on him. Look how thin he is. Like he's been starved. We've got to get a doctor. I told Jim to call one. I called the county police. And maybe they... Uh, Who are those other two men on the floor? The fat one is Sidney. The little one is his servant, Jito. They're both done for. Well, they're blackened. They're charred. Yeah, but don't ask me what happened. The only thing I can figure out about this whole screwy setup is how Kent tipped us off. There's the phone to the house on the wall there, see? Yes, 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 but never mind that now. We've got to do something for Kent. Well, as soon as Jim gets back... Oh, here he comes now. Here I am. Did he come too? No. Let's have that water. Yeah, okay, here. Yeah. Now, help me hold up his head, Mr. White. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. Gosh. He's so thin. I can't imagine what happened to him. Come on now, Kent. Gotta drink some of this, fella. I think he's oh, coming too. Sure he is. Look, he's starting to sit up. Easy, Kent. Take it easy, boy. More. More water. But you hear that? He's all right. He's all right. Oh, thank heaven. Here you are, Kent. Drink it slowly. Oh, that's good. How do you feel now? What happened, Kent? I'll be all right. Just bring me more water. And some food. Been starving almost a week. Jumping, Jemima. Jim, run back to the house and raid the icebox. Step on it. Okay. Oh, boy, am I happy. Candy. What about Miller? Did he... Don't try to talk yet. You're too weak. Oh, tell me. Miller said he's going to destroy Metropolis. Yeah, tonight. Tonight? Oh, forget it, Kent. Miller's bluffing. No, no, he's not bluffing. He has atomic power. Terrific atomic power. Now, wait a minute. Tell you what he has, Chief. Look at Sidney there. And Gito. Miller finished them with it. On the level, Kent? Yes. And only I know the secret of his power. He wears a little box on his throat. An electronic converter. If I can get that converter, he'll be helpless. Oh, but I'm so weak. I almost died. Miller and... Sidney 
figured out the one way I could be finished. What are you talking about, Kent? Oh, he's raving. He's out of his mind. Oh, I've got to get out of here before it's too late. Come on, help me out. Maybe the fresh air... Now, wait, Kent. No, don't argue, Chief. Help me. That's it. Get me outside. And then bring me food and more water. If I can get my strength back before tonight, we'll have a chance to save Metropolis. Wait, take it easy, Kent. If what you say is true... And Miller has atomic power. Oh, believe me, he has. Then the only one who can stop him is Superman. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Come on. Help me up the steps. Pausing only long enough for Kent to eat some food, our friends drive back to Metropolis. And a short time later, Kent, almost recovered, and Perry White are in the office of Inspector Henderson at police headquarters. Henderson is barking orders over the telephone. That's right, Donovan. I want every boat except the police launches out of the canal by 5 o'clock this afternoon. And I want big floodlights. Plenty of them. Lighting up every foot of the banks. You got that? Okay. Check with me later. Well, I'm taking every possible precaution, but I'm afraid it isn't enough. We can guard every foot of territory along the North Canal, the Metropolis River, and the reservoirs above the city. What about the Army, Inspector? Well, they're cooperating, Mr. White. But even so, it's almost a physical impossibility to cover all that territory. Why, he might be disguised as a soldier again, uh, a laborer, even a woman. I'll know him. Only I see him in time. Uh, big help you'll be, Kent. Kent, do you have any idea how close the Adam Man has to be to his target to demolish it? Well, I don't know for a fact, Inspector, but from what I overheard him say, a couple of hundred yards is close enough. What? Oh, a couple of hundred yards. Right. I can't believe it. It's too fantastic. A human being able to generate atomic power? Oh, we're frightening ourselves with a boogeyman. We can't ignore the facts. Now, as I see it, we're face to face with oblivion tonight. Unless Superman can stop Miller. Well, how do you expect to get Superman? Just look him up in the phone book and give him a ring? Oh, I might not have to do that, Chief. What do you mean, Kent? I... I can't tell you now, but take my word for it. Oh, stop it, stop it. This is no time for nonsense. Besides, Miller said Superman was dying. He was. But he's recovering rapidly. I don't know if he'll be strong enough by tonight to handle the Atom Man in the only way he can be handled, but he's certainly going to try. Oh, he is. And how do you know? Well, I know. How, Kent? Good heavens, man, if you can contact Superman... I think I can. Goodbye, Inspector. Goodbye, Kent. Goodbye, Chief. What are you shaking hands for? Well, this may be the last time you see me. What? Either Superman or the Atom Man will be finished tonight. Well, what's that got to do with you? You'd be surprised. So long. Gravely, Clark Kent leaves Inspector Henderson and Perry White to begin a desperate search for the Atom Man and fit himself once more against the human monster in a final desperate bid for victory. We'll return in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. But first, your announcer. You know, gang, I'm sure you've had lots of prizes, but I'll bet none of them ever gave you as much fun as these swell new comic buttons you're all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pep. First off, it's mighty exciting to see which button is inside every time Mom opens a new package of pep. If it's one you don't have yet, maybe Herbie or Winnie Winkle or Superman himself, well, that's a real thrill. And if it's a duplicate, then it's even more fun to trade with your pals. These characters are straight from the funny papers, you know, and they're done up in full comic strip colors. So you'll want to collect all 18 different buttons. Just ask Mom to get you some of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. You don't send in any money, not even a box top. You just look inside the Pep package, and there you are, a brilliant new comic button, or a military insignia, or a warplane button. It's your prize from P-E-P, Pep, 
made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now back to the adventures of Superman. Twilight is falling over Metropolis, along the North Canal which links the Metropolis River with the bay, and along the 21 miles of river itself, police and army personnel are on guard. Giant searchlights sweep the water and its banks, from which mystified civilians have been barred. High in the darkening sky, unseen to all below, Superman hovers, his keen eyes searching. Meanwhile, on one of the many highways climbing the hills to the north of the city, Henry Miller, the atom man, wearing cheap clothes, a checked cap and dark glasses, rides in the front seat of a small delivery truck beside the driver. Oh, you just got out of the Navy, huh? That's right. And am I glad to be home. Sure, I know how you feel. I was in the Army for three years myself. Hey, I uh, wonder what's going on in Metropolis tonight. Look at all those searchlights down there. I guess they're looking for me. For you. <laughs> sure. Give me a welcome home party. <laughs> <laughs> say, that's pretty good. How far do you say we're going? I'll be getting off pretty soon now. Say, that's a big reservoir up in the hills there, isn't it? Biggest in the state. Holds about 100 million gallons. What would happen if all that water spilled down the hill into Metropolis? There just wouldn't be any Metropolis left, buddy. But don't worry, it can't happen. Why not? On account of the big concrete dam holding it in, that's why. But suppose the dam was exploded. Are you kidding? That dam's guarded all the time. Besides, who'd want to explode it? War's over. That's what you think. What do you mean, I think? I know. Okay, have your way. You can drop me anywhere along here. Right. Thanks for the ride. So long. So long. Don't go blowing up that reservoir dam now. <laughs> That's funny. That's exactly what I'm going to do in a very few minutes. And that will be the end of Metropolis. <laughs> Leaving the road, the atom man slips into the dark woods and begins working his way toward the huge reservoir, poised like a giant basin above Metropolis. Can anyone or anything stop him now? Twice even Superman was defeated and almost annihilated by the man in whose blood runs the deadly atomic energy of kryptonite. But in tomorrow's episode, the Man of Steel makes what may be his last and most desperate challenge. So don't fail to be with us then. Same time, same station, for the final battle to the death between these two mighty foes. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Excelsior!